Hello, everybody, and welcome tonight. Turn the light on so we have better lighting here to our program, our weekly program on Kardec Radio. Why are we here? We are here to discuss Spiritism, codified by Alan Kardec in 1850s, a book I recommend everyone read. You can get it on PDF or on the EDICEI bookstore. Uh, you, you can go to my blog, nwspiritism.com, click on Alan Kardec's picture, and you'll take you to the bookstore. You can also get it on amazon.com or PDF. Just search Alan Kardec PDF. Tonight, we're talking about reincarnation. Now, in my in my previous four or five blogs, I talked about a summary of Spiritism called Spiritism 101. Now, and then last week, we also had a, a wonderful opportunity to talk to Sergio Seckler, who I recommend everybody go to his site, spiritismstudy.org. It's right down here, spiritismstudy.org, where you can sign up and you can get one-on-one, -on -one. you can have conversations, you can study Spiritism. I volunteer for that. You can ask for me if you wish or anyone else you'd want to study Spiritism with. I would just be happy to talk about Spiritism, answer any of your questions, make it as long, as short as you wish at a time. Hopefully we can both agree on. I think it'd be very exciting. So again, that is SpiritismStudy.org. You should listen to the conversation. I posted it last uh, week with Sergio Sickler. So reincarnation. So now we're going to get deeper into different aspects of spiritism. And reincarnation is exciting because you can learn about your previous lives. And guess what? In one of my first spiritist meetings, I was at mediums meeting. I was not on the table. I'm not a medium. But I heard about my past life. And guess what I heard? So I heard, and my wife and I were both there, and I heard the, the words, you have failed time and time again. Oh, first, Matthew, yes. Well, that'd be great. So Matthew, go to uh, study uh, spiritismstudy.org, spiritismstudy.org, and sign up for one and ask for me. And then we can set up a time weekly or just once whenever you would like. So let's talk about past lives. So my wife and I were at a mediums meeting, and this is the first time that we had gotten a message. And it started off nice. And then it says, you, meaning my wife and I, it says, you have failed time and time again. Now the meeting was in Portuguese, so I wasn't quite sure. So I looked over to my wife and I said, and I looked at her like, did they just say what I thought they said? And she gave me that look like, no, you know, no mistake. Yes, they did. They just said, we have failed many times. And what they told me about our past lives, that we have been in power. We have been in positions of responsibility. And guess what? We chose to make up money from the people instead of helping the people. Boy, doesn't that sound like politicians today? And whenever I think about, oh, that politician is corrupt, I think, oh, well, I think I've been there. Sad. It's like it's like you know. I was at school a hundred years ago, where the teachers would go down the aisle with a with a uh, with a ruler and slap you on the hand to get your attention. Well, my attention was there. Reminds me of the movie. Great movie. You should see it. Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks. Uh, Meryl Streep is in it. It's about him dying, and he and Meryl Streep 
went to the pavilion of reincarnate of past lives. And she saw where she was like this, this valiant knight. And he saw where his past life, he was this native who was being chased by a lion. And afterwards, he asked, well, who were you? And she goes, I was Prince Valiant. And then she goes, who were you? And he goes, I was lunch. Which, you know, it's now I'm beginning to think it's better to be lunch than to be in a position too much of power. Why? Because when you're in a position of power, you have the power to do a lot of wrongs. And therefore, you may have to spend a lot of your time in your subsequent lives learning and, and reacting to the bad karma that you caused in your life when you were important. That's why the spirits books, when it was asked, what's the hardest trial? And the answer was to be rich, be rich and powerful. And you know, a lot of us, we think about that and we go, well, you know, that's, I'll, I'll take that. I'll be rich and powerful. But when you think about it, when you are rich and powerful, what does that mean? It means you have the opportunity to act pretty terrible, and yet people will, stu will still want to do what they can for you because they want whatever you can give them. You are allowed to be have your primitive emotions on your sleeve. You're allowed to be a jerk. And no one's going to call you on it. So be careful what you wish for. Because it may not be what you really want. So I thought that might be interesting for people. So let's get further into reincarnation. But first, please go to my site, nwspiritualism.com. On my site, I have my YouTube channel and my Bitu channel. Please go on to those. Uh, tell your friends. Have them subscribe. And then on YouTube, hit the bell so they're notified when a new a, a vlog, a new YouTube video is out. I try and now do it like three or four times a week since I'm here and I have the, the time to do that. So please, I would love to have more and more people come and ask me questions and also sign up for spiritismstudy.org. Well, I will work with you one-on-one, -on -one, answer any questions you like on spiritism. I think it's very exciting. It's a Facebook site, too, uh, which you can go to. Just look at uh, spiritismstudy.org. It's also a Facebook page you can sign up on. So now let's talk about reincarnation. So I was just, as I was telling you, I was told I was had previous lives. That's all they told me. They didn't say, I have learned nothing else that other that I was a complete failure in my previous couple lives. I said failed time and time again. I don't know how many times that was, but that's what, that's what I learned about my previous life. So that's why I try not to judge anyone too harshly. Sometimes I do it. Then I have to catch myself and think, Oh, Oh, what, what was I doing? Oh my heavens. So reincarnation, such an interesting subject. And, the important thing to know about reincarnation is that we are who we are even after we die. So our personality is intact, right? Our, our natural inclinations. Now, when you are born, and I'll get more into this later, but I'm just giving you kind of the uh, a foretaste of this. You are limited by the DNA of your parents. Yes, DNA doesn't make a big di difference. But when you're a child right? You're first until you're about 15 to 18. You, your personality can be molded by your parents. That's why we hopefully we have good parents 
people with bad parents, they must be going through some sort of trial. So then after 15, this is, then you can tell sometimes like, you know, when some families have black sheep, you know, why did that kid turn out? Well, that's because his true personality came out and the family probably volunteered to take that primitive spirit into their family. So our personality comes out, our inclinations comes out. Then we may not remember our past lives, but our personalities come out at that age. So let's think about this. So you have lived multiple lives. At times you have probably been rich, poor, a servant and a slave, maybe even a king or queen, at least a member of the minor ability. Many famous people in the past have believed in reincarnation, such as Thomas Edison, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who, who wrote all the Sherlock Holmes series. They both believe in the spirit world and made attempts to communicate with the world beyond. There is a realm, a universe greater than ours, and it is filled with intelligences that we can only wonder at. There are spirits around the earth who are actively helping and guiding us in our planning and during our actual incarnations. This is very important. We are always being helped. You're interested in this subject and in this topic because you know, or you're li listening to this video because in your heart, that we are not merely chemical elements that dissolve with death. There must be something more. You know this because of your intuition, experiences, and beliefs. There are too many unexplained phenomena for there to be nothing after death. How do some people have past life memories? Why do children remember past lives and then lose the ability after a certain age? How can some people know the future? And more importantly, why do you have premonitions that come true? How could you know what could happen with such certainty? Now remember, reincarnation is a tenet in many religions, such as Hinduism and Buddhism, and is frequently mentioned as parts of varied sects of Christianity and Judaism. It is the concept whereby we have a spirit in which we retain our central personalities and memories while in the spirit world, but lose our memories while in physical form. So. I'm going to talk about reincarnation in this video and in subsequent videos as long as until we exhaust the subject. And this is what I'm going to follow. These are kind of the, the main categories I'm going to try and answer. Why do we reincarnate? How does the process work? How many reincarnations must we have? I'll give you the quick answer until as many as we need. What memories do we retain from our previous lives? Do we have control over our reincarnation? Why must we suffer? How may I ensure my next life is better? And how may I progress to being a perfected spirit? Now, these questions are all really answered through the doctrine of spiritism. In the 1850s, the spirit world determined it was time for the human race to assimilate this knowledge in the hopes it would lead us to understand the need to improve our spirituality and to achieve a better balance between our desire for material goals and goods versus our desire to become a more spiritual being. Explore what is your role and where you are in this journey. This is why I'm telling you this. Determine your place and your future. Find out the reasons for your current tribulations and how to not only survive your trials, but prosper through them. Your journey in a different bodies at different times in different circumstances is not without a purpose. 
You begin as a primitive soul, and through successive lives, you're being molded into a perfect spirit. Now, this is a lot, a lot to think about. So let's first now is why is reincarnation important important well it affects us completely and it explains why we're here and also and i wrote the book the case for reincarnation because i believe it i believe it and i and not just from the mediums i was at but from other other things right and it's so important and do you know that over 20 percent of americans believe in reincarnation, including people who are religious and people who aren't. I believe there's a groundswell of thirst for spiritual awakening throughout the modern world. We have discovered that living in a materialistic culture doesn't satisfy our need to believe and belong to a higher purpose. The concept of relativism, where there doesn't exist any concept of moral certainty and unfettered capitalism, where the pursuit of more at the expense of everything else as a valued lifelong process leave more and more of us cold and unfulfilled. We collectively learn to be part of something higher, a cause to make a difference. Unbeknownst to us, we are part of a plan to make the world better, a plan that started with the formation of the planet. Guided by the spirit world, each one of us is traveling through multiple lives, always with the goal of improving each time. Little steps are accomplished by whole generations with various calamities in between, but invariably we're marching forward at an imperceptibly slow pace to the objective, a just world. What that plan is, how reincarnation plays its part, and the role that you play is the subject of my talk. Yes, you immortal souls, even though you may not realize it, you are an, inter an integral fragment of the whole, and without your effort, the plan struggles to succeed. In presenting this plan, we must speak of God. Yet the thought of believing as God is anthema to many, because many of us associate that belief with all the hypocrisy of organized religions, the bigotry and smugness of those who absolutely know we will go to hell unless we believe, pray, and dress like them. This certainty, this unwavering faith in the unprovable unnerves and repels our rational thinking and thwarts our longing to believe in a supreme power. We tend to associate a belief in the Almighty with simple uh, naivete, low intelligence that we don't wish to be associated with. The contrary is, if you believe in the spirit world, if you believe in reincarnation, then you must return to the question of how can this be? How does this work? Why are we reincarnated? If speaking of God makes you uncomfortable, then use the label of divine force, supreme being, or master intelligence. All the words I have read used to denote an organization or an entity setting the dials and pulling the levers which control our destiny. God doesn't mind as long as you have love. Since we don't wish to have a religion or religious label forced on us, we drift to spiritualism, a vague amorphous belief that we are able to communicate with spirits. But to what purpose? Why are there spirits wandering around in the first place? This is where spiritism supplies the how, when, why, and where to your questions. According to Spiritism, there is a plan. 
until we dwell into the knowledge revealed to us, we shall remain perplexed about the spirit world. We know it's out there. After all, there are too many unexplained phenomena for it to be otherwise. How else do you explain, explain past life memories or the similarities of near-death experiences, NDEs? There are simply too many points of unresolved occurrences and testimonials for it to be a simple manifestation of hysteria. We may know a friend or a felt that unexplainable ourselves, psychologists or other professionals, in dreaming up a name like sleep paralysis. For what happens when we wake with a visitation from a spirit and we are unable to move? They, those little labels do little to clarify what actually trans transpired. In fact, sleep paralysis happened to me. I was 21. I was finished college. When I was 20, I was traveling around Europe. I was on the island of Kos, and I laid in my bed, and I could hear, hear the dogs barking. And the dogs started barking closer and closer. It wasn't the dogs. It was like different dogs barking. It was like something was moving through the street making the dogs bark. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't move. I struggled mightily to move. I could not move. And then I had this vision of going low over the water towards this beautiful, like, beach resort. And, I, and it's still, I was struggling to move again. And finally, I just struggled, struggled, and I was able to move. That was my first blush with the spirit world. That wasn't sleep paralysis. That wasn't a momentary thing. There was something. There was something there that, either wanted to inspect me or hold me or I, I, I don't know what, because I didn't think about it for, you know, years, 20 years later until I found spiritism. Uh, uh, that was the first thing that happened to me. So just like I had experiences, others of you have probably had experiences too. So therefore in your heart, in your, in the bottom of your being, you know, there's a different universe out there, which, as yet is hidden from our instruments and telescopes. The mind wrestles to reconcile the need for scientific proof versus the inevitability that's upon our death, we too shall be one with this alternate state. So it's time to free ourselves of the need to always appear in control and aloof to the mysteries of life beyond death. The stakes are too high to ignore, for there is a world beyond ours. This, and the, what the Druids called the other world, it has been with us before the planet was formed and will be part of it after our sun burns out. The ancients from the priests of Egypt to Greece to, and Socrates to the Druids and even to the early Christians realized that we travel back and forth from one dimension to the other. They knew it, it was a requirement for all spirits that in order to grow, to learn, to love, to be fraternal, to, to participate in a just society, we have to live many lives to beat out our primitive impulses within us. Jesus said, to be saved, you have to be born again. Now, many people interpret that now as being baptized, but Jesus meant you had to be born again. He literally knew, he told us about reincarnation. When you learn about spiritism, you learn that many things that Jesus said weren't mere parables. They were actually very directive statements. Very interesting. So, spiritism brought us this information. 
right? As I said, they knew even before spiritism, before even Jesus came. It was during the ancient priests of Egypt, as I said before, that we had to go back and forth. Before the advent of Christ, the religious classes of early society hid their knowledge so they could retain power over the masses. For as people realized the true meaning of, and the true meaning of the cycle of birth, death, rebirth, and on, the ruling hierarchy would quickly see their hold diminish. They could no longer sell their services to, to promise rewards in heaven. For all would realize that it is a personal process, how we think and act, not an external power anointed only by the priestly nobility determines our path. Finally, in the 1850s, all was exposed. Now, I don't want to take away from the fact that Buddhism and other, you know, Hinduism a lot of, knew this already. But I think for a lot of the world, there's even another, another great step. This fact is, yes, even in Christian spiritism, as Alan Kardec called it, Christian spiritism, they said, this is the message we got from the spirit of truth, the consoler that was promised to us in the New Testament. Reincarnation is real. Right. And Alan Kardec's codification of the spirits book was no accident. It was one step in the plan to afford humanity a chance to gain maturity. Why would, you know, many people believe, okay, the old Testament and new Testament, they're the words of God. That's it. No more. Why would God not give us more and more information? Spiritism tells us that we're given more information as we can handle that information. Spiritism burst in the world scene in the 1850s. Alan Kardec, a pen, a pen name he was told to use by the spirits, he was not a medium. Notice that when he was present during seances, the mood was serious as opposed to the lighter, amusing conversations with more frivolous spirits. Being a methodical person, he wrote textbooks, taught science classes, provided three free courses to the underprivileged. He arranged a series of questions to be put to the spirit world with many mediums. And he wouldn't accept the answers unless they were backed up by multiple mediums with the same or very similar answer. So the Spirit's book was a result of his investigation. In it and his four other books is the full context of who we are, why we are here, and what our goal in life is. And I'd like to remind everybody, books by Chico Xavier, Jan Piera, Devaldo Franco, other spiritist mediums, keep giving us, and uh, Reverend G. Bowen, as I talk about in my book, Heaven and Below, give us more and more information as we are ready to absorb it and to learn it. It's all there. We just have to open our eyes and our heart and be disciplined enough and, and, and curious enough to read about it. So what were his major discoveries? Let me just quickly go through them. Who we are. We are immortal spirits. How we originated in the spirits book is unknown. In other books, I talk about it. There's more clues in later writings. Why are we here? In our early stages, we are placed on primitive worlds. Our Earth was once a primitive planet to begin to learn the basic lessons of how to survive in a primitive society. Now we are on a planet of atonement where we reside until we awaken to a higher level of thought. We shed our basic needs for survival and start to grow into our awareness of our needs of others. In other words, we have to work to shed our primitive emotions and become higher, a higher spirit. And if you want to know who our, who our goal is, right, 
Well, who is the example that we should live by? It is Jesus Christ. He is the example of a perfected spirit. So, what is our goal? In our quest to free ourselves of our basic instincts, we are sent to earth to learn the teachings that we require and to learn from our mistakes we made while previously incarnated. The ultimate goal is to reach perfection, but our intermediate goal on earth is becoming well-rounded, loving, and honest person so we may advance to live on a regenerative world, which is the earth will become next when the earth society is ready for it. We are in that first beginning of that stage. And in a regenerative world, there is social justice. There's no envy, hatred. Probably it depends, right? It's not just a flip of switch. These things dissipate over time. And wars are mostly a thing of the past, right? This is all going to be gone, right? We'll live in a just world. Now, does spiritism purport to be a religion? No, it is a doctrine. Right, it is not a religion, it's no priest. Well, if you go to a spiritist center, you'll hear talks like what I'm giving you right now. This is why studyspiritism.org is wonderful for that. Actually, uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's spiritismstudy.org. I sometimes I reverse those words, so remember that, please. So, the big secret that spiritism reveals is this. We are the entire focus of the spirit world around the earth. Our improvements, our success, our failures, our wars, and so on are the daily concern of the representatives from God <clears throat> under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Does this focus attention from powerful beings mean that all of us are valuable? In a way, yes. But in reality, they are guiding us with the same concern with which the administrators and teachers of an elementary school love and guide their precious students. Make no mistake, they love us, for they've all been in our position before. So as I said before, who believes? Who else believes in reincarnation? So one of the most iconic inventors in American history believe in spiritism, Thomas Edison. He actively sought ways to communicate with the spirit world, there was an article in the October 1933 edition of Modern Mechanics. And the article purports to have been written about a secret meeting in 1920 in Edison's lab where he tried to communicate with the dead, complete with the illustration, describing how Edison set up a beam projector and photoelectric receiver with delicate instruments that would register anything, including smoke, that would cross the beam's path. The group of scientists sat there for hours and nothing happened. So Thomas Edison worked on various devices to speak to the spirit world until his death in 1931. And while he's on his deathbed, the following was reported to have occurred. Before dying, Edison briefly came out of his coma and said to his wife, Mina, who was keeping vigil at his bedside, and his doctor that, it is very beautiful over there. That's what he said. It is very beautiful over there. And, of course, you hear this from NDEs, too people with near-death experience. And you read this from the books on, you know, on release, Henri Louis, psychographed by Chico Xavier, and the books, and I write about this all in my book, Heaven and Below, from the Reverend Chief Allen. In heaven, in the areas of heaven around the earth, there are more colors, everything is brighter. It, it is beautiful over there. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock Holmes series of stories, stories was a believer in spiritism, right? Spiritualism. He never said the word spiritism, spiritualism. He also wrote a novella, novella, The Land of the Mist, that revolved around spiritual, 
spiritualism, and he wrote a book, The History of Spiritualism, in 1926. In it, he devoted a chapter to Allan Kardec's Spiritist Doctrine. He attended seances to further his communication of the spirit world. However, certain mediums took advantage of, of him and used tricks to fake conversations with the dead. He attended at least one seance with the wife of Dr. Carl Wicklin, the chief psychiatrist at the State Psychopathic Institute of Chicago, who was a believer in the spirit world, even though he did not believe in reincarnation. Another major 20th century figure who believed in spiritualism, not particularly spiritism, was Carl Jung. He recognized a need to identify one's life as part of God's plan. He would recommend that some patients pursue spiritualism to assist their journey for a cure. In fact, Jung recommended spirituality as a cure for alcoholism, and he is considered to have been in, had an indirect role in establishing Alcoholics Anonymous. Jung once treated an American patient, Roland Hazard III, suffering from chronic al alcoholism. After working with the patient for some time and achieving no significant progress, Jung told the man that his alcoholic condition was near to hopeless, save only the possibility of a spiritual experience. Jung noted that occasionally such experiences have been known to reform alcoholics where all else had failed. There are many instances of well-known and highly intelligent people who believe in the unseen world that lie amongst us, a world that Chico C. Xavier, Francisco C. Xavier, who was also recognized as the Brazil's greatest medium, said this world begins at the tip of our nose. Now, why I believe, right? I, I'm giving, I wrote the book and I'm giving these lectures because I believe it. I want to work, to focus on the workings of reincarnation, not on myself, right? I'm not talking about myself. Suffice to say, I'm not one, I never had a near-death experiences or even a personal spiritual encounter that was, that was meaningful of me having a vision or something, except that one type of sleep paralysis, but that was, that was just very strange. It was not a spiritual encounter, I could say. Nor was I even a religious inclination to begin with. I grew up in the Episcopal Church, although my parents stopped going on early on, and of course I did too. Needless to say, I must preferred my Sundays to myself, playing with my friends, right, whatever. But my parents were friends with the reverend of our church, and we used to be together at the beach house for a week or so at a time. And I do remember him as the nicest man I had ever met. I had never met a kinder, gentler person in my life. Plus, and this is a test for many, all of his children were absolutely wonderful people. I came to spiritism because of a journey of discovery. I was driven to ascertain how the future could be foretold. If the future is known, because I had heard about my future and everything that I was told so far by my wife who had a near-death experience showing her the future, right, has come true. If, that, if my future is known, then we don't live in a non-deterministic universe but one where the term fate has meaning, destiny has meaning. Our random collection of life experiences are not really random, but must have been planned or possibly even guided. As I said before, my wife told of certain events to happen in the future. More than 15 years before we met, she had these visions. Extremely specific events did occur, which could, in the scheme of things, be mathematically possible, but certainly not probable. 
One instance foretold the consequence of the Great Recession of 2007-2008. It started at the end of 2007. 2008 got, got really bad. Very personal events unfolded. I did not believe at the time. She told me I did not believe them, even though my wife said in advance the exact sequence which would occur. Unfortunately, I wasn't smart enough to write down the prophecies and put them in escrow for proof. I have no physical evidence whatsoever, only my desire to understand how someone with no knowledge of the American banking system could be so accurate. Once the covers are partially pulled back to reveal a mystery, all other preconceptions must be reanalyzed. This is where I stood, profoundly affected. My haughtiness of thinking that I was the master of my own destiny was shattered. Something out there had power over me, over me, right? I wasn't master of my own fate, not an impersonal God who I once thought may be some remote divinity that had most probably forgotten about us here, here on earth. After all, weren't we just created from some random flotsam and jetsam that combined into amino acids and then proteins and took off from there? To be clear, the spiritist doctrine does say we are the product of evolution from primordial elements, but guided evolution, right? The earth has been around for billions and billions of years, but evolution has been guided by the spirit world. However, it clarifies that the earth was guided in its evolutionary path. Humans were always in the plan. The search for how I could have been manipulated or so our thought into taking the steps to lead me where events foretold came true brought me finally to spiritism after researching countless other ideas. This is the theory of the universe as a hologram. We are actually like a DVD where you can fast forward and reverse, but the actors can only play the part that was selected. All left me cold. Only when I started reading the spirits book in PDF format on the web, did I have any moment of clarity for that? It not only is the question of predetermination answered, but the entire reason for the world being as it is, is explored and explained in the doctrine of spiritism. One of the central tenets is reincarnation. The presence of reincarnation explains why we are reborn and for what purpose by fully realizing that purpose, you will be, comprehend why your life has played out in the fashion that it has. This is really for your benefit. You shall understand that bad times were necessary. You will perceive that whatever situation you find yourself in, there's always a solution because no trial is created without the possibility of victory. Old age won't mean that our wishes and ambitions must be buried as unattainable. Lastly, the looming specter of death won't be seen as a tragedy, but as a new beginning and one more step towards perfection. So why should you believe in reincarnations? Now, many religions teach their adherents about the existence of reincarnation, but why does spiritism in particular believe in it? Spiritism considers that the early Christians, Christians also profess knowledge amongst about our souls reincarnating, but this belief dissipated over the centuries after Christ. Spiritism renews the teachings of Christ and supplements them with the revelations promised to us, revelations that first appear in the New Testament. This is in John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another consoler to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. 
the world cannot accept him because it can neither sees nor hear nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Then in John 14, verse 26, But the Consoler, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So what did the Consoler actually do? What did the Spirit of Truth contribute? Spiritism states that Allan Kardec was the codifier who presented via medium throughout Europe the spirit of truth, the consoler, and that in the five books that Allan Kardec assembled, he revealed the extent of the spirit world, what's, what God is, who Jesus is, why are we are here on earth, how we should live, and the doctrine to follow. That is all. Within those books are the reasons why we in, reincarnate. If one looks at the vast literature written about reincarnation covering our past lives, childhood memories of past lives, as well as hypnotically obtained revelations that some people lived on other planets. There seems to be many dispute, disputed and disjointed facets. In truth, however, the general principles correspond with the Spiritist teaching. To understand the sweeping field of literature out in the world today, one should review the concept of reincarnation presented by Spiritism. And then all becomes clear. Spiritism provides the context, the rules, the process, and the end game for our multiple lives. So, what is reincarnation according to Spiritism? The doctrine of Spiritism maintains that the goal of God and for Jesus, all of us as children of God, is to become pure spirits. <clears throat> Each of us, through our own efforts, slowly advances towards the perfection. We will never reach a goal of absolute perfection, but we should come as close to pure love and harmony within the universe as possible. We are all immortal spirits. Therefore, we have until the end of time for our journey. An example of a pure spirit is Jesus. He is the one who truly loves us with all of his fiber, who understands the trials we must endure, our failings, our weakness, our petty jealousies, yet even still radiantly smiles down upon us, knowing that someday we shall become wholly integrated within the loving universe and take our places as a force for good. That's why we're here. We are, we are trying to train ourselves to be a force for good. The central question is how do we become pure? The answer lies within the Spirit's book. Question 166. How can the soul that has not attained perfection during the corporeal life complete the work of purification? The answer is by undergoing the trial of a new existence. As Jesus said, you must be born again. The next question is, how does the soul accomplish this new existence? Is it through transformation as a spirit? The answer is the soul in purifying itself undoubtedly undergoes a transformation, but in order to effect this transformation, it needs the trial of a corporeal life, a physical life. The question that the soul then has many corporal existences, the answer was yes, we all have many existences. Those who maintain the contrary wish to keep you in the same ignorance in which they are themselves. And the answer was, uh, the question, the next question is, it would seem to result from this statement that the soul, after having quitted one body, takes another one. In other words, that it reincarnates itself in a new body. It is thus that this statement is to be understood? And the answer is evidently so. Therefore, to ascend, we must accept the task of being reborn in a physical body. There are lessons that only can be learned through a bodily existences. But why do we need to reincarnate multiple times? Well, 
I think everyone knows that answer, but let me go through it. Multiple lives are required because one life alone doesn't supply all the lessons needed for us to ascend. The spirit Andre Luis wrote many books, psychographed by Chico C. Xavier, in which he goes into great depth about the various aspects of the spirit realm. In one book, he explores the need for us to be reborn over and over again. Andre Luis was assigned to a group of spirits who assisted people leaving their earthly life in the book, Workers of the Life Eternal, where he underwent numerous experiences at people's bedsides and witnessed the dramas that swirled around them. He weighs the frequent scenes of stories and people struggling to depart and comes to the, this conclusion. This is what he says. Studying use cases of death has enriched my knowledge in the field of mental science. The spirit, eternal in essence, makes use of matter, transitory in its associations, as didactic material that evolves more and more in the spirit's never-ending course of experience towards integration within the supreme divinity. What does Andre mean by didactic material in this instance? One of the definitions of didactic is teaching or intended to teach a moral lesson. Therefore, as we continue learning in the spirit world and travel through various physical trials on earth, we accumulate moral lessons that in turn influence our physical bodies and our personality and character and the structure as our of our brain as we are reborn. Not only is our intellectual being as a spirit important, but the physical makeup of our human form is vital for our involvement on our planet and for our eventual elevation as spirits. Given all that he has seen, Andre fully realizes the need for multiple attempts at learning in our physical bodies. This is what he says. Hence the reasons for the complex activities of this evolutionary road. The countless diversities, the multiplicity of social positions, the degree of abilities, and the level of intelligence on the various planes of life. Think about that. Look, sometimes you're too smart in your previous life. And in your present life, it's like, no, we're going to make you a little bit lower on the IQ scale. These things happen. Therefore, when you see someone you think is a complete idiot, that person could be a genius in a previous life, but they were deliberately throttled back because they had emotional trials to go through, not intellectual, and they were using their intellect probably to stall their emotional growth. So this is what Andre says. Hence the reason for the complex activities of the evolutionary road, of countless diversities, <clears throat> the multiplicity of the social positions, the degree of abilities, and the level of intelligence on the various places, planes of life. So what he said was a wonderful revelation. We all go through periods of high social positions, living life with riches, and being the smartest person in the room. Although we also live in the opposite position, truly this knowledge must cause us all to be humble, right? Being trapped in the material body affords us the opportunity to learn what is not possible to apprehend in the spirit world. While certainly one can gather intellectual knowledge, the building of our emotions of faith, charity, honor, and love are rooted in the pain and suffering we are exposed to in the physical world. The Spirit's book backs up my thesis is the secondary question, the question 175. The question is, would it not be happier to remain as a spirit? And the answer was, no, no, for we should remain stationary and we want to advance towards God. 
So for those who believe we only need one physical life to be pure, it is if we wanted to be president of a large company without ever working any other job. Of course, we must start in the mail room and work our way up in various positions to fully comprehend how things get done and how to survive within the culture of the organization. No matter how pious we could have started out as a new spirit, we would still need the required know-how to gain our elevation. Only through rigorous trials do we have the right mixture of beliefs and knowledge to reincarnate with good prospects of success and to be a valuable worker in the spirit world. How, hence, we do need to accumulate a mountain of instances and encounters from all social, cultural, and physical environments. We are on a task to build a strong foundation upon which we can amass ever more knowledge and possess the wisdom to utilize it appropriately. So where do we begin to lay the base for our future? The answer, once again, lies in the Spirit's book. Question 172. Do we accomplish our different corporeal existences upon the earth? And the answer is not all of them. For those existences take place in many different worlds. The world in which you are now is neither the first nor the last of these, but is one of those that are the most material and the furthest removed from perfection. Question 173, does the soul at each new corporeal existence pass from one world to another or can it accomplish several existences on the same globe? And the answer is it may live many times on the same globe if it not be sufficiently advanced to pass into a higher one. That's, that's probably me right here. Then the next question, we may then reappear several times on earth. The answer is certainly. The question is, can we come back to it after living in other worlds? The answer is assertly you can. You may have already lived elsewhere as, uh, as upon the earth. So these answers imply that we live on whatever worlds may be necessary in order to gather the required curriculum for our learning and our graduation and our personal improvement. We are all interstellar travelers, but alas, our memories of our journeys are hidden from most of us. We regain those thoughts and remembrances when we return to the spirit world when we're ready and able to handle them. So where does all this lead to? Are we locked into paying for our wrongs and learning lessons the hard way forever? No, not at all. At some time in the future existence, when we have built a foundation of experiences that enable us to gather more knowledge and retain our humbleness and capacity to love, without any urge to act superior, our next step is to be promoted to a world of regeneration. And the world of regeneration are described in Allan Kardec's The Gospel According to Spiritism. This is what he says. This is what you have to look forward to. This is hopefully a motivation for you to perfect yourself spiritually. Regenerative worlds serve as a transition between worlds of expiation and worlds of bliss. The repentant souls finds peace and repose on them and ends up purifying itself. Of course, on such worlds, humans are still subject to the laws that govern manner. Their humanity still experiences your sensations and desires, but it is free of the muddled passions that enslave you. On regenerative worlds, there is no longer the pride that renders your heart silent, the envy that tortures it, and the hatred that suffocates it. The word love is written on every brow. A perfect equity governs social relationships and all acknowledge God, endeavoring to evolve towards him by following his laws. And let me tell you, regenerative worlds are about one stop. 
There are more advanced worlds that await us as we climb up the ladder to perfection. Most certainly, the description of a regenerative world is one of an earthly paradise to us, given our frame of reference. Though we must reincarnate, our lives in such a world would not be as brutish and full of drama that tears away our quest to be calm. This is a world where one can be happy, <clears throat> excuse me, one can be happy and free to focus on the education that we agreed to before being reborn. As one can see, there is no shortcut. No payment can be made to the right person to skip our trials. After all, a child can't become an adult in an instant. Even though that child may be an extraordinary genius, the child must still grow emotionally so that he or she can focus his or her intellectual energies at the right target. To all of us here reading at this very moment, listening at this very moment, I should say, we are all the same. The variations that we perceive to be so great are but minuscule to an observer from the spirit world. We are but a mass of unruly students learning how to behave in an adult's world. Now that we know why we are subject to the reincarnation, I will talk, start talking in my next week, next Sunday, about how it actually works. So please tell your friends to join us next Sunday at the same time on Kardec Radio Facebook page where I stream live talking about spiritism. Now next Sunday will be how reincarnation works. I'll go on and on. Please tell your friends, share this video to other of your Facebook pages. Go to my blog, nwspiritism.com. Please subscribe to the YouTube or BitChute channel I have. You'll see links to that on the left-hand side. And check out Spiritist Books. You can, of course, as I said before, click his, click Alan Kardec's picture, and you'll get to the EDICI bookstore. You can also see, find my books. I, you know, My book I'm really talking about now is The Case for Reincarnation, which you know is a lot of what we're saying here today. I go over in even greater depth. And if you want to know a lot more about heaven and and the processes and like that, you can read my book, Is For Your Destiny, or read the first book in a series of three, Heaven and Below, where I really tell you a lot more of information from the spirit, uh, from the spirits to the Reverend G. Val Owen, who was a, a Anglican reverend, a vicar in the early 20th century in England. So I want to say God bless everybody tonight. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you all next week. God bless.